This morning, it's my absolute privilege uh, to invite Paul Wright to come and minister for us this morning. And uh, will you join me as we welcome Paul this morning? Thank you. Is that Louise making a noise over there? Well, listen, we just want to welcome the different uh, clubs with us. I see we've got a couple of warlocks there. Welcome. Nice to have you with us. A few chin shraps down over here. And we've got some Tudor rebels at the back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's probably a few others that we have forgotten, but uh, welcome anyway. It's nice to have you with us. And we have... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Sayers here with us this morning. Won't you just stand up? They just got married yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, it was a lovely wedding. Oops, I better put glasses on, otherwise we'll be talking here and uh, way off the subject. But it's nice to be uh, with you. And uh, Father, I just thank you right now that um, I would be removed off the scene and you would be the one that is seen. I thank you, Lord, that every soul in this place this morning would hear your voice, would see you in the spirit. I thank you that every spirit of every soul would be quickened here this morning, and we would be made alive to your word, because your word is alive. And we thank you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lekker. Well, you know what? Um, it's a memorial run. Apparently, we lost two souls yesterday coming back from Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix Dajal. And uh, one of our own lads who's at the back had an accident. And you know what? It's by God's grace you're sitting here this morning. It's, it's not because you're a good rider or you're good looking or intelligent or anything like that. It's, um, it's by the grace of God that any one of us are here. So let's not take it for granted that we are still alive. God's got a purpose and a plan for our lives. And our lives mean something to him. But I want to ask you this morning, what is your hope anchored to? Your hope. Have you got hope? And what is it anchored to? Is it anchored in the politicians? Is it anchored in the stock exchange? Is it anchored to the things of this world? What is it anchored to? And in who is your hope anchored? In who? Your president of your club? Your mother? Your father? Who is it anchored in? Queen Elizabeth I, her last words before she died, she said, oh my God, it's over. It's over. I've come to the end of it. The end, the end, she said. To have only one life and to have done with it. To have lived, loved and triumphed and now to know that it is over. You know what, folks? We don't all get the opportunity to die that way. Some of us die instantly and we don't have an opportunity I want you to know that this is not business as usual here. You're not here doing God a favor. The Lord wants to speak to you. And he wants you to respond to him because he loves you and he's got a purpose and a plan for your life. You're not a mistake. 
Even if you were rejected as a youngster, you are not a mistake. Each one of you are valuable. The promises of God is the only hope for our souls. We sang about it now. The promises of God. I know people disappoint and we disappoint each other. We give our word and we don't keep it. And it's not always that we don't mean to, but we, 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 we offend one another. It's like Ramon prayed, we are work in progress. All of us are work in progress. We don't mean to offend or hurt each other. But I want to say that when Jesus Christ speaks, he speaks into eternity. And he says in Hebrews 6.19, that's what's on our t-shirts and there are some available. But it says this hope is like a firm and a steady anchor for our souls. A firm and a steady anchor for our souls. In fact, hope reaches behind the curtain and into the most holy place. Guys, I want you to know something. That you are three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit, soul, and body. You can't intellectualize God. You can only have your spirit quickened by the spirit of the living God. Because he's a supernatural God and he's a spirit God. He has a supernatural body. He lives and he loves us. And he's got a plan for our lives and a purpose for our lives. And the purpose that he wants us to be doing is to serve him. Serve him. And so many of us have lost loved ones this year. I know. We've lost loved ones. And I'm so sorry if you're lost because it's actually our loss as well. We all feel it. It's a terrible loss when you lose someone that you love. But I want to ask you three questions here this morning. Three questions. And I don't want you to get distracted. I want you to listen. Three questions here. Where are the dead now? Where are the dead now? And where have they gone to? And will I ever see them again? And I'm sure we've all asked these questions. They're quite normal to ask. All right. In Daniel 12 verse 2, it says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Many of those that sleep in the dust of the earth. It's only our bodies that have come from the dust. It's only our bodies that are going back to the dust. Our spirit and our soul live forever. But there's only two places that they can go to. They don't go to the grave. All right? And I need to explain this to you so that you understand something here today. You see, there's no such thing as soul sleep. The scriptures never preach soul sleep. They don't teach soul sleep, although some cults do. Your soul doesn't go into a place of sleep. Your body goes into a place of sleep. One day we get resurrected bodies. Pure body. If you've broken a leg or, or you've damaged yourself in an accident, I want to say that body that you get back is a resurrected body. It's a supernatural body. It's whole. It's healed. It's sound. It's perfect like it was created to be. You don't get back a damaged body. But your spirit and your soul live on forever. Did you hear that? And then it goes on to say, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt or abhorrence or disgrace. That's another word. Some to everlasting life and some to everlasting shame and disgrace, contempt. I want to say this morning, there is hope for you and your loved ones. That's good news. That's good news. And you know, the whole reason that God's word is good news is because he warns us. 
He loves us enough to warn us that there's danger ahead. And, and if, we don't, if we don't see his warnings and hear his warnings, I mean, I warn my child, don't do this and don't do that because I love him. I don't want him to get hurt. The father loves us. He doesn't want us to suffer. He doesn't want, he never brought about death. Death was never on God's agenda. On God's agenda was life. He's the God of life. But there's an enemy of our souls who brings death and damage and destruction to our lives and to our families and to our health. We have an enemy, but he will also be dealt with. In John 5, 28, do not be surprised and wonder at this. For the time is coming when all, how many? All those who are in the tombs shall hear his voice. You will hear it then, but I do believe that the Spirit of the living God would like you to hear it now, before you get to your tomb. They say the preaching of the, of the gospel is foolishness to them that perish. It's foolishness. But to us, it's the power of God unto salvation. We need salvation because we are fallen creatures. We fallen creatures, the things that are naughty are easy, they come natural for us to do. The things that are good are not so, they don't come natural. We'd, we'd, we'd rather do the naughty thing first. The first thing you learn when you're a baby is no. Not even mama, dada, no. We know that word, no. But when someone says no, what do we do? We don't listen. And then what? And then there's consequences to that. And, and you see, there, there is consequences to that because if I do put my finger on the flame, I'm going to get burnt and it's going to hurt. And the Lord warns me because He loves me. He doesn't want me to get burnt or burnt out. So you see, whether you want to hear what I'm saying or not, the fact remains this morning that the death of the body is not the end of the matter. I want you to know that. The death of the body is not the end of the matter. It's the next stage of our eternal existence. Okay? Death is the end of your life with other human beings. I've got to stick to my notes, otherwise I get passionately excited. And then we'll go off into wonderful places. But we'll keep it here for now. But the end is... But, but it's not the end of your existence down here on earth. <laughs> Hebrews 9.27. I like to back up what I'm saying because you know what? In God's word, there's an answer for everything. And sometimes we don't get the answer immediately. Sometimes we have to wait and put our questions on the shelf. And somewhere down the line, God answers it. I waited 58 years to know that I have a mother. 58 years I waited. And I asked. And, 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 and the Lord said to me, I want you just to put it on the shelf because I'll, I'll answer you one day. It took 58 years. It was two years ago. But in Hebrews 9, 27, and just as is it appointed for all men once to die and after that certain judgment. So how can there be certain judgment after I die? That means that there's life after death. Isn't that so? And you, say, you see, just because we don't read the manual of our lives doesn't mean the truth is not the truth. 
we are quick to believe other people's stories and get second-hand information and rumors and, 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 and conspiracies and all this stuff instead of going to the owner's manual to find out how this thing is meant to work. I know like a man, I mean, whenever I buy a new appliance, I give the book to my wife to read. I put it together, she must fix it when it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm not very good when it comes to that, you see, because I'm a work in progress. And so are you. So I know I'm talking to the right people this morning. None of us have arrived. The only time you arrive is when you cross over. But, but you know what? This is a very serious scripture. And although we can laugh, it, it, it's not a sad story. It's a story of hope and yet of, of, of seriousness. It's a serious story. It's not one that we just hear over and over and we become gospel hardened. We become hardened to the truth. The gospel means the truth. We become hardened to the truth. And, you know, bad news sells. Good news doesn't sell. Bad news sells. That's why the earth is so full of it. But I want to give you good, good news this morning. You know what? When it says here in Hebrews 9.27, for all men wants to die and after that certain judgment, that means it's man's inescapable appointment. Each one of us sitting here, it's your inescapable appointment. Death ends our probation period down here on earth. This is a probationary period that we have here on earth. You can only fix the things you can fix now in this life. That's all. No one here is guaranteed that you'll get home tonight or this afternoon. You're not guaranteed of that. And I don't want to put the fear of hell in you, although I'll try. There's an old saying that some people that have lived a bit longer than others might remember. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. Do you know what that actually means? Born once means I was born from my mother's womb. Okay? If I'm only born once in my lifetime, I will die twice. I will die once in my flesh. My body will go back to the ash. And then I will die again at the judgment. I die twice. But the once I die physically, the next I die spiritually, it means complete and utter separation from a living God. We don't know what that feels like right now. I forgot the sons are in the house. Welcome. Yeah. But hear, but hear what I'm saying. Don't get distracted. <laughs> they got that. But, but, but listen to this very carefully. I, I wanted to stick with um, Revelations uh, uh, 20 here. But just before I go into that, born once, you die twice. But if you're born twice, you only die once. That means I was born from my mother physically, but then there came a time in my life where I realized that I was lost in eternity. I didn't know what the hell I was doing on this planet, where I come from, what I'm doing here, and where I'm going. I had no clue what this world and this life was all about. And I had to realize that 1978 in Polesmore Prison, God touched my heart through Run Baby Run and Across in the Switchblade books, Nikki Cruz. And, and, and you know, the, the Holy Spirit had to quicken my spirit and show me how lost I was. Only God can show you how lost you really are. You know, we don't realize we're lost. We cover ourselves over with all sorts of masks and, and shields and this, that, and the other. 
You see, God sees behind them. They, they things that make us try and look better. This is a hospital and you're all sick. And you all need healing. Because we've all been damaged. And we've all been hurt. And some of us have hurt one another. I'm sorry for that. But that's life. But there's a healer. And there's a brother, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he loves you today. And he wants to minister healing into your life today. And I want to say you need to be born twice, not just once, because you will die twice. Revelations 20, 6 to 15. Blessed and holy. Listen to this person. This person is blessed and he's holy. Is he who has part in the first resurrection? The first resurrection is if you make peace with your creator here today. Because I can guarantee that sitting amongst in these pews here are people whose hearts have grown cold towards the things of God. You're going through the motions. You're playing church. You, 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 you're going through the motions of religiosity. It's a spirit. It's not of God. You were once on fire for him. You once loved him passionately. And all you could speak about him was that love. But today you speak only about your motorcycle. And what color are you going to spray it? You don't speak about him anymore. You're not in love with him anymore. He's not the first thing on your mind. I'm speaking to myself here, folks. And, 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 and he says here, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. Why has it got no power? Because Jesus died and he rose again. I want to just tell you very quickly what Jesus did when he died. Okay, He rose 43 days after he died. But, but there was a place of waiting. From the time of Adam until the time of Jesus, there was a place of waiting. Okay, Where those that died in God, believing God for forgiveness, for healing, in whatever, it, it could have been in the, in, in the God of Moses, in the God of Elijah. But you know what, it, it was in the one true God. Jesus hadn't come back, but the Holy Spirit made God, revealed God to the people in the Old Testament. And those that died in God went into a place of waiting because Satan still had the keys of life and death because Adam sold them out. He still had the keys of life and death. And the saints that died in God went to a place of waiting. And it was on the other side of a great uh, 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 gulf. And on the other side, further down, was a place of torment. And I want to say that when you die and you die outside of Christ and his blood has not washed you and cleansed you, you go to the place of torment. So you've died once. You go to the place of torment until the great white throne judgment and then you rise again to be judged according to what you've done. But I'm going to get there. But the others, when Jesus, he went and preached to those souls that were entrapped in Satan's prison, he preached to them, Lazarus. The beggar, he went there. And many others were there. He was there with Abraham. And Jesus went and said, I'm the one that you've always spoken about so many thousands of years. I'm he. I've come to fulfill my word. And when he rose 40 days later, he took all those souls with him. So I want to say, if you die in Christ today, you go straight into the presence of God. That was called paradise. But you go straight into the presence of God when you die, if your sins have been washed if your iniquity has been washed, if your rebellion has been washed and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. There is no other way, folks, to be born again but by the Spirit of the living God.
And then it goes on to say, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him for a thousand years. What is going to happen is that Jesus Christ is coming back to rule on earth, and the saints that have gone before are going, are coming back with him. We're going to rule over the nations of this planet, not ANC, not DA, not any of these political parties, but the saints of the living God that rule over their lives now and over their families now will rule in the millennium. And we will rule over nations and there will be peace and prosperity and there will be no war over the nations for a thousand years. That's over the earth. That sounds like good news to me. That sounds like a bit of direction. That sounds like hope for me. It's tangible. It's real. And you've got to receive that this morning into your spirit because it's a reality. I want you to know. Okay, A thousand years of peace will be here on earth and there will be no, no, no longer will there be corruption and destruction and no war, just peace for that time. And after that thousand years, the great battle of Armageddon will begin. Verse 7 says, and then when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. Why? I don't know. We will understand that one day. Put it on the shelf. God will reveal it to you and will go out to deceive the nations. He will deceive the nations once again. You see, Jesus Christ will be ruling from Jerusalem. That's why the, the Antichrist and the false prophet, the beast, will set up their rule in Jerusalem, in the third temple they're building right now. The abomination of desolation. Because he will try and tell the nations that this is he who has been prophesied. But it's a lie from the pits of hell. Okay? And they will go and, and, and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is at the sand of the sea. That's Armageddon. And you know who they're going to go and battle. They're going to go and battle God's people, and they're going to go and battle against God. Satan tried to overthrow the government of God in the beginning. And now they're going to come in their numbers. They've got ground-to-air missiles. They've got, they've got incredible weaponry. But you see, with the physical weapons, you can't take out spiritual forces. We're fighting a completely different battle here, brothers and sisters. Okay. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. That's the city of David, new, the new Jerusalem. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them, all of them. You know what? The blood is going to flow as high as a horse's saddle. That's how high the blood's going to flow. The best is yet to come. But I want to say you, you, you need to get onto his side. You can't be found wanting at the end of your life. Verse 10 says, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. This is literal stuff. This is not a figment. Uh, or, uh, you know, it's, it's a literal fire and brimstone and torment where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. It's a reality. And maybe it's something you don't hear preached a lot these days. But this is the reality of what is still to come. And then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. You can imagine. And there was found no place for them. Listen very carefully. God has got more than just one book. He's got books. He's got, a, he's got quite a few books. And then, and, and then, and then uh, verse 12 says, And I saw the dead. I want, I want you to understand, if you die in Christ, you're not dead, you're alive. 
You see, because Christ conquered death and took the keys of life and death away from Satan. He's alive. And if he is in you and you are in him, you are alive. You will never see death, but you will go through the valley of the shadow of death and still fear no evil. You will go through it. Just the valley of the shadow and the twinkling of an eye, you'll be in his presence with him for eternity. Amen. That's good news. That's good news, folks. How many people think that's good news this morning? Let me see your hands. You think it's good news? Not everybody believes that. You need to listen. And the books were open. It goes on to say, yeah, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books, plural, were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that w- which were written in the book. Everything is recorded. The Lord, the Lord records everything. We will give an account for every idle word that we have spoken. It's all recorded. It's all written. You see, Jesus became a curse for us. He became the scapegoat. He took the, 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 the wrath of the Father that I could never carry. The Lamb of God took it. He was perfect. He didn't have Joseph's DNA. He had God's DNA, his father's DNA. Supernatural DNA came from his heavenly father. But he was born through the Virgin Mary, a human woman. And that's why his bones are no longer in the grave. Muhammad, Krishna, Buddha, none of them can boast that. They all came through a father's seed, but not Jesus. Amen? Mm. And then the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. And the sea gave up their dead. Just now, a Boeing went down, 198 or 89 people were drowned. They didn't find their bodies. They were drowned. They didn't know that would be their final trip. And here it says here, the sea gave up their dead. I don't know how many of them whose lives were actually surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Because he's the only one that has risen again. All roads do not lead to Rome. Do not be deceived. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades, that's the place of waiting, delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each one according to his works. Verse 14. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And verse 15 is the most important one. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's serious stuff. That's a warning. If you don't love somebody, you won't warn them. That's why a true friend, if he sees you going astray, he will warn you. Not judge you. Warn you. And for those of us that have seen life and been hurt and broken and bruised in life, you will warn the younger men, Cameron, your young sons in the house. We've got to warn them and we've got to be an example for the younger ones that are coming up behind us because we're living in a fatherless generation. And we've got to father them. But I want to ask you this morning, is your name recorded in that book? serious question is your name recorded in that book because either as you sit here this morning either you are dead or you are alive in 1 john 1 8 to 10 it says if we say we aren't sinful as people we are deceiving ourselves 
and the truth is not in us. God is faithful and is reliable. If we confess our sins, he forgives them and he cleanses us from every sin. If we say we have never sinned, we turn God into a liar and his word is not in us. You see, folks, it's not the way I look in front of you. It's not the way you look to each other. It's his standard that he set. He's raised the bar. We've lowered it. But you know what? He wants to raise it again in our lives. Folks, the narrow road is not to spoil your fun. The narrow road is to bring security into your life. The broad road is full of confusion because there's so much on it. The narrow road keeps you. It keeps you straight and, and direct. It's a good thing. And I want to ask, there's people here you know, right now, you dead. You know that you are not alive. I want you to quickly stand because I want to pray with you. You see, in order to walk with a living God, it takes a real man and it takes a real woman. I want you to stand. There's people standing. Nobody's closing eyes. We're not ashamed. We're quick to do evil in front of people. But we're slow to do what's right. I want to pray with you and I want you saints to pray. Because you see, it's all about souls. I don't take my bike with me one day when I go. I only take people, men and women. That's all I can take with me one day. If you are backslidden this morning, I want you to quickly stand. Come, quickly stand. If you've grown cold in your heart before God, I want you to stand. This is your opportunity. Don't let it slip by. There's no guarantee. Quickly stand. If you're not excited about the things of God and his word, you need to stand. If you're not in love with him, because he says we need to repent and go back to the things we did at first when we first met him. When I first met my wife, all I could talk about was her. When you first got your girlfriend, all you ever spoke about was her. When you first meet Jesus Christ, all you speak about is him. He's the lover of your soul. Stand, please. Be honest before God. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. It's between you and him. I want you to stand. I'm giving you an opportunity. We don't need music to work on your emotions. If you're cold towards God, I want to ask you, please, won't you stand? You hear the voice and the spirit of the living God. If your heart is beating quick, then you are the one that needs to stand. This is not pressure from me. The Lord loves you. And he wants to work things out in your life. Not give you a better day. Not give you a, a lovely day. You're still going to walk into trials and tribulations. But at least you'll go th through the fire with him. You won't be on your own when you go through the fire. Stand. There's more. I know there's more.
And God knows there's more. And you know what? Your name is recorded in that book. He's got a book of remembrance as well of those that speak about him down here. Is your name in the book? If it's not, please stand. This is a day of remembrance, a memorial day. Are you going to be the next one on the list? Please stand. In Romans 6.23, the payment for sin is death. But the gift that God freely gives is everlasting life. And it's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is your last chance that I'm going to give you. Please stand. Got someone that came down on a motorbike accident just yesterday is at the back there. Stuff happens very quick, folks. You see, if you can't stand for God now, when will you ever stand for him? The final call. Thank you. Thank you, people. Thank you. There's still people standing. This is serious stuff. Saints, I want you to pray. Because this is life and death. I want you to pray. This is about getting your life straightened on God's terms. It doesn't matter what you own. It doesn't matter what you have in your possessions. It doesn't matter what bike or car you ride. It doesn't matter what family you come out of and what name you carry. The question is, is your life in order with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If it's not, please stand. I want to pray with you. Thank you. It takes courage. But just to be alive today it takes courage. I'm asking for the final time. Can I include you in this prayer? Thank you, Lord. I wonder if we would all just pray together with these folks that are standing. Pray with me. Father God, I want to thank you today for speaking into my life. Pray it out loud. I want to thank you for the price that you paid sending your son the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for me. Jesus, I want to thank you for your obedience, even to the cross. You did it on my behalf, a pure and a holy man. You were tried and found true, and yet they killed you. You went like a lamb to the slaughter and they killed you but you rose again on the third day and you are alive that's good news that's good news so pray with me father i come to you now in the name of jesus i ask that you forgive me for all my trespasses for the things that i know and the things that I don't know, for the things that I've forgotten, please forgive me. I'm a sinful person, and I need to be healed.
I need to be fixed. I need to be forgiven. And I want to ask you that your blood washes and cleanses me now and, and comes over me and cancels out my debt. And I want to thank you that you are honest to your word and truthful to your word. And you said, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so we call out to you now. Please save me. Please heal me. Please redeem me. Please put my name in your book. I want to know that my life is in order so that when I lay this tent down, when I lay this body down, when this body goes back to the ash, I know my spirit and my soul will go right into your presence. But before I get there, Lord, I want to live for you now. And I want to walk with you now. And I know tomorrow I'm going to have to ask you again to forgive me because I just tend to blow it on a daily basis. But for now, Lord, just for today, please forgive me for my past. Redeem me and put my name in your book. And so, Lord, we thank you. I thank you for those that boldly stood. I thank you for those that didn't have the courage to stand but needed to make peace with you. And we thank you and we ask you for this great favor in our lives. In Jesus' wonderful name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Folks, we've got little books over here. There'll be people up in the front here. If you need prayer for anything, if you want someone to stand with you, please come and get a book. It's free. Uh, there's Afrikaans and there's English. And it'll help you in your walk. It's not a religious thing. It's a relationship. Don't go home. Don't just run off now. Enjoy one another. Spend time together. It might be your last chance that you do. Enjoy one another. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.